0: Hello, this is Josh Chrisman, pastor of the Anchor Church of Cambridge, located in Cambridge, Ohio. I want to say thanks for tuning in today. I hope this podcast inspires you, encourages you, and helps you to live the life that God has called you to live. And we'll, read, we'll start reading at verse 1. Hey man, I have had something been on my spirit for a week or so, and the word of the Lord is good somebody say amen verse Samuel 30 and we'll start reading verse 1 and it came to pass when David and his men were come to Ziklag on the third day, that the Amalekites had invaded the south and Ziklag and smitten Ziklag and burned it with fire and had taken the women captives that were therein. They slew not any, either great or small, but they carried them away and went on their way. So David and his men, just picture this with me for a moment. David and his men came to the city, and behold, it was burned with fire, and their wives and their sons and their daughters were taken captives. Then David and the people that were with him lifted up their voice and wept until they had no more power to weep. That's pretty extreme. Amen. They, they cried until they could not cry anymore. They, they were so devastated by the happenings uh, they, that, that, that there was an atmosphere of grief. And David's two wives were taken captives, Ahinoam, the Jezreelitess, and Abigail, the wife of Nabal, the Carmelite. And David was greatly distressed for the people spake of stoning him because the soul of all the people was grieved, every man for his sons and for his daughters. But David, somebody say, but David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. And David said to Abiathar the priest, Ahimelech's son, I pray thee, bring me hither the ephod. And Abiathar brought thither the ephod to David. And David inquired at the Lord, saying, Shall I pursue after this troop? Shall I overtake them? And he answered him Pursue, for thou shalt surely overtake them, and without fail. Somebody say it with me recover all. I'm going to preach to you this morning on this subject, take it back, amen, take it back, why don't you lay your Bibles down, lift your hands to the Lord this morning, come on, everybody in the building, ask the Lord to speak to you today, Lord, I need to hear your voice, God, I need direction, Lord, for my life, Lord, God, I I need you to lead me, I need you to guide me, Lord. I need you to speak in this house, God, in the name of Jesus. I pray that you would say what needs to be said, Lord. Do what needs to be done. God, I pray that you would move in whatever capacity you deem necessary to bring your will to pass. God, I pray that every eye would be a seeing eye. And every ear, a hearing ear. And every heart, an understanding heart. Take us beyond ourselves, Lord, for just a few moments Let let divine revelation set upon us today. Let your anointing set upon us today, God. In the name of Jesus, we pray. God, I want you to clap your hands to the Lord. He's worthy. Hallelujah, hallelujah. You can be seated in the presence of the Lord. Praise God. Take it back. Elbow your neighbor and tell him, take it back. Okay, smack him and say, take it back. Because I don't think they've received it the first time. Sometimes we need to be smacked on Brother Den. They said, no. <laughs> no. Maybe when I was a little bit younger, I needed to be smacked, but wisdom teaches us how to listen and be obedient the first time. Somebody say amen. In 1 Samuel chapter 30, this story uh, starts out um, with David and his men coming to Ziklag and having their world turned upside down. But in order to really understand 1 Samuel chapter 30, you you need to think about a little bit of the happenings beforehand that has positioned this to take place. Amen. how many know that you can't just judge a story from the middle of the story? Amen. You have to, you got to know. So if something intrigues you in scripture, you need to read the chapter before and read, read the chapter after. Try to get an We have to understand the, the happenings of, of chapter 29 and chapter 28. Amen. David was anointed to be king over Israel. Okay? He was not the king at this present moment, but he was anointed to be king. Amen. The purpose of God, It was the purpose of God for David to be king over Israel. Amen. Uh, in the meantime, Saul was still king. Let me say Saul was still king. Saul when he was when he was the Bible says when he was little in his own eyes that he would hear the voice of the Lord and he desired to do what God would have him do. But there was a moment in his life where he turned from following the Lord and the will of God and and he started acting according to the way that he thought things needed to be done and guiding Israel the way that that, that the people wanted him to. To guide them. Amen. How many know that Saul had a way of pleasing people, but pleasing people is not going to keep us in the will of God? Amen. I I learned as a young man that that that, that doing what people want us to do is not always the, the right way to make decisions. Amen. Don't follow the crowd because it's going to lead you lead you in the wrong direction. A lot of times the people that are doing the will of God most times are the people that are pushing against the grain. The people that are doing things the opposite of the world. Amen. They're not not living their lives according to the way that the masses are, but they're living their lives according to that narrow way or the word of God. Amen. It won't make you popular. Come on. There won't be a lot of people that want to hang out with you. But I, And they people may persecute you and run you down and make fun of you. But understand, there's only one way to be in the will of God. And that's to have the word of God guiding your steps. Somebody say amen. Amen. Saul was once he heard that David was to be king, he knew the anointing that was upon David's life. Amen. How many know in chapter 17 of the book of 1 Samuel, David kills Goliath. Amen. David kills a giant that Saul was not willing to go fight. Amen. Not only Saul, but none of his mighty men were willing to go out against the giant Goliath, but the little David, the shepherd boy, the one who had been anointed to be king over Israel. Amen. He had an understanding about the will of God for his life. Come on. He had an understanding that, that, that any battle that God placed in front of him, that if he went out in the name of the Lord, that the Lord would fight his battles. Come on. He learned at a young age that a relationship with God will take down any enemy. Come on. Will help him to overcome any obstacles he said I had a bear that come out against me and I killed it with my bare hands I had a lion that came out against me and I grabbed him by the beard come on uh, how many be willing to grab a lion by, by the beard Amen. There was such an anointing upon David's life to keep those sheep and to be the man that God had called him to be, that when put in a situation, he understood that the faithfulness of God was bigger than a bear. It was bigger than a lion and it was bigger than Goliath. Amen. He understood at an early age that if God leads you to it, he's going to take you through it. I come to preach to some people that have been struggling to go forward, that have been struggling to live life that have been struggling to make it from one day to the next but understand today you need to find some hope in God you need to find your root in the faithfulness of the Lord hey amen David was was running for his life the Bible says that evil spirits would come and trouble Saul hey amen. Saul was going against the will of God. He was king of Israel still. He was king in position. Come on. But not in spirit. Amen. How many know that there can be people that are in position but not in spirit? Come on. There can be people that are in the right place but have the wrong spirit. on and whether or not you're in the right place if you're in the right place doesn't really matter if you have the wrong spirit amen and so his his willingness to do it his own way opened him up to outside forces or outside spirits that would come and trouble him when he was alone he could not find peace come on he could not find rest he could not he could not find a place of solace Amen, when God's got a will for your life and a purpose for your life and you're going against what he wants you to do or against what he wants you to be, I come to tell you this morning, you won't be able to find peace. You won't be able to find rest. Some of us, the only time that we feel the peace and the rest of God is when we're in church. Amen, he would call for David. David was an anointed player of the harp. David would play the harp and he would write songs. Come on, he would write, he, he would write songs that came directly out of his heart for God. Amen. Spiritual songs, singing songs unto the Lord. He was anointed of God. And he would come and play the harp and sing. And the Bible says that the evil spirits that were troubling Saul would leave. Come on. The only rest that Saul could find was in the presence of an anointed shepherd boy who would pick up his harp and play those songs and sing the songs of Zion, sing the songs of hope and sing the songs of faith and sing the songs of the love and the faithfulness of God. And in those moments, Saul would be able to find relief. But how many knows that that relief don't give you, get you any good if you can't get it for yourself? Amen. It's not the will of God for us to struggle through life, come to church, and for just a couple moments on Sunday morning, get some relief from those things that are troubling us. It is the will of God for you to walk in his plan and his purpose, his peace and his love, and have that every day of your life. Somebody say amen. Saul understood that David was to be next. And as David one day was in his presence, he picked up a spear. And he threw it at David. Hey Amen. this is a guy that he admired. This is, this is the king of Israel. This was a, a mentor of his. It was his best friend's dad. Amen. And now all of a sudden, Saul has the mind to kill David. He picks up the spear and he throws it at David to try to stick him to the wall. That's what the word of the Lord said. Hey, man, this is there's some great stories in here. Hey Amen. Tries to stick him to the wall, but David eludes Saul. He, he gets out of there. How many, how many of you would get out of there? this dude's throwing spears at me, right? It's, if you go to somebody's house and they start throwing spears at you, you're gonna feel a little bit unwelcome. He'd be like, well, maybe he didn't mean that. Hey Amen, maybe maybe he really didn't mean to throw the spear at me. No, David understood. He could feel it from Saul. Saul's It was in Saul's heart to kill David. Amen. Saul was the king of Israel. David was to be the next king of Israel. Amen. Understand here. David David was in a dilemma. Amen. He was pushed out of Israel. He was pushed out of the kingdom. Come on. He was pushed out of everything that he was involved in. He was pushed out of an army that he fought for and killed the giant. Come on. He was pushed out away from everything that he wanted to be a part of. All because of Saul and Saul's desire for David to be hurt. Or, or for David, or because of the anointing upon David's life. Sometimes the favor of God on our lives. Uh, uh, it feels good to us but to other people that are not living under the favor of God maybe it doesn't feel so good to come on how many know that people can become jealous and people can 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 become envious amen and it is the jealousy and the envy of Saul and his unwillingness to do it the right way that caused him to hate David it wasn't David's behavior that caused Saul to, to turn against him it was Saul's heart that caused Saul to turn against him and to push him out and away from everything that he loved. Imagine for a moment David, amen, he wants to be a part of the armies of Israel, but he can't. He wants to be in the tabernacles of Israel, but he can't. He wants to worship the God of Israel with the people of Israel, but he can't because there's a king in Israel that hates him. There's a king in Israel that don't respect the call of God and the anointing upon his life and wants his life. He is pushed out, uh, living in deserts, uh, living in caves, uh, sleeping in ditches, uh, covering himself up, uh, hiding from those uh, that are trying to destroy his life. Amen. David lived through some of the worst circumstances that that a man could ever live through, living in caves. Come on. Hiding from the armies of Saul. Running and hiding. Uh, There were three opportunities for David to kill Saul but he said I will not touch God's anointed. God put him in place and God will remove him. I will not raise my hand against a man that God has put in place. Understand the integrity of David's heart. His willingness to do the will of God even in the middle of dire circumstance and Situations, I want to tell you today, when you go through situations that are beyond your control, it is the dependence upon God that's going to get you through. In those moments, David began to develop some deep roots. Amen. David began to develop a relationship with God. Amen. There were a lot of alone times that he had with the Lord. Come on, when he was pushed aside and he was pushed out and the anointing upon his life caused him to be, to, to, to be pushed out and hurt and he was living by himself in isolation. Come on, and in those moments, he did not turn to self-pity. Come on, he didn't turn to, to hatred. He didn't turn to bitterness and unforgiveness towards Saul. He understood that God is in control of everything. Come on, how many know that God is in control of everything? He's in control. He said, I set up kings and I take kings down. He, he, He sets people in power. He sets people in promotion. All things are under the hand of God. Don't you think for a minute that God's not in control just because your political candidate didn't win the presidency? because the guy I voted for didn't win I can't get a, get bitterness in my spirit and think well God's not in control they cheated, they did this and they did that how many know that God's in control he's in control of all things nothing happens without him Man, he he knows what needs to happen for his will to come to pass. And if he knows what needs to happen in the United States of America, he knows what needs to happen in my life, in my situation. Come on, in my family. I got to learn to trust God regardless of what it looks like. David had been through some stuff. Amen. Amen. As he's living in the cave, all these men start coming to him. These guys that are on the run. Guys that are not welcomed in the courts of the king. Come on. Guys that are not welcome in Israel anymore. Maybe they're outcasts. They were uh, were in debt. They were... there's a description given, I I don't have it for you this morning, of the men that came, they were discontented, they were in debt, their lives were broken, amen, they came to David in the cave, and without anywhere else to go, amen, David was in the cave, hiding from the king, and these people came to the cave, to hide with David from the king, come on, how many know, it was in the cave, where David put his army together, Come on, it was in the cave where where the people that God wanted around David came to David. Come on, some of the greatest warriors that Israel had never, ever known were in the cave with David in the cave of Adullam. I heard a guy preach one time, church in a cave. Amen. David had church in a cave. Amen. He had people coming to him in a cave. He couldn't turn them away. He just welcomed them because he understood what it was like to be a stranger. He understood what it was like to be pushed out. He understood what it was like to not be a part of what you wanted to be a part of and had the heart to be a part of it. I want to tell you, God's in control. God's in control. God's in control. David assembled an army in the cave he had over 600 somebody say 600, 600. men a man that came to serve with David he put together a band of warriors that the, the, the armies of Israel probably looked down upon rags and tatters of people that Man, David was trying to pursue purpose at the same time just trying to stay alive so purpose can be fulfilled David kind of got twisted I want everybody to pay attention for a moment okay? I'm telling a story but, but this is an important part of the story David got a little bit twisted his perspective. Sometimes we read about David and we think he was supernatural. Like he wasn't a human. Amen. Like he never made any mistakes. How many know he was human? He made mistakes. A lot of mistakes. Some he paid for for his whole life. Amen. But but he had a heart for God. That goes a long way. You can make a lot of mistakes if you have a heart for the Lord. Amen. He had a heart for God. And he kind of developed this perspective that Saul was against him and he couldn't be a part of Israel's armies even though he wanted to be. He was a warrior. He had his own army. He began to to side with the enemy. He, He began to to draw alliances with the enemy. He became an ally to the king of the Philistines. And we know that David killed Goliath, which was a Philistine. Amen. Uh, we know that he, he from a, a, his childhood, he understood that the Philistines were the enemy. But his, his, his inability to, to be accepted in the army of Israel pushed him to draw alliances with the enemy. Okay? Now, I don't care what pushes you to that point. Our alliances need to be to God. Amen. And regardless of what they did, come on, or what they said, come on, or how they treat you, we have to understand that there are good people in the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is filled with great people. But David got it twisted as if since they don't like me that must not be the place where I'm supposed to be so I'm gonna go over here how many people have been led into deception by church hurt or by things that happened in their world that was not the will of God and the people that were warring against them were warring against them in their own mind but not in God's mind how many times have people turned their back to the church and walked away from the church because of things that have happened and they said because they treated me that way this can, that could never be the will of God or the church of God. I want to tell you today, David got it twisted. He started warring for the wrong person, for drawing alliances with the Philistines, becoming friends with those that are trying to destroy Israel. Amen. Because of loyalty, David was a loyal guy. And since he couldn't find any loyalty in Israel, he turned to the king of the Philistines. And the king of the Philistines loved David was a warrior. David was loyal. David would do what he asked. A mighty warrior who commanded mighty warriors. He understood the value of David. Come on, somebody. And David began to war with the Philistines. And the Bible says, listen to this, that the Philistines were getting ready to go out to battle against Israel. And David said, sign me up. He wanted to go. He he wanted to get... Now, David was a... He had a heart for the Lord. But his mind was messed up. Come on. He had been running for so long. He had been hurt for so long. Come on. That that he he forgot who he was fighting for and who he was fighting against. He forgot where he belonged. Come on. He forgot uh, uh, whose he was. He forgot uh, that he was an Israelite and that he was a Hebrew. Bible says that the Philistines were like, "Uh-uh. Hold on a minute. I know this guy. There ain't no way I'm going out to battle with him. So in the middle of the battle, he can turn toward he can turn his back on me and fight against me, right? Which that that that, that might have been in the heart of David. You know, cuz once he saw the people of Israel being destroyed. They said, "No, no, we, we don't want you. All right, you're one of them. So let, let me get it straight. He didn't fit in Israel. He didn't fit with the enemy. Come on, somebody. I guess I just fit nowhere, Right? I, where do i fit i don't fit in israel i i don't fit i don't fit with the enemy even the enemy could see the favor of god on his life come on even the enemy didn't want any part with david amen we'll we'll, we'll try to destroy you david but but uh, uh we're not going to fight with you allegiance lies amen so david is in a situation where he loses his focus he loses sight of what's most important i'm trying to get there Amen. He loses sight of of who he is and who he belongs to. Amen. How many know trouble can cause that? Amen. You can go through a lot of trouble in your life and you can forget a lot of things. Come on! You can lose a lot of things. You can lose a little loyalty to God. You can you can lose a, a thought of who you are and who you belong to and how you were brought up because of life and its troubles and what you got to go through to try to survive. Amen. David was confused in his mind about where he belonged. He was confused about what army he was supposed to be fighting for, and even the enemy would not allow him. Come on! David uh, lost his focus. He stepped away from where he was supposed to be and what he was supposed to be doing and when you do that it makes you vulnerable David focused his attention on fighting a battle that wasn't his and he left his family exposed amen he should have been there with his family come on somebody he left his family exposed to an enemy that he should have been focused on they would not not allow him to fight and so here he comes back chapter 29 they wouldn't let him fight he comes back to Ziklag in chapter 30 and what has happened devastation devastation he comes back as they cross over the hill they can see the smoke coming from Ziklag. Amen. Picture it with me. They come riding in on their horses. There's smoke, everything's burned with fire. There's nobody around. Everybody's gone. Amen. Houses are destroyed. Things are destroyed. Everything's left in ruin. Amen. Everything of value had been taken. Amen. Everything of value had been had been stripped from them. Amen. Now, not only does he not have a place, he can't find a place and forget who he is and living in confusion about who the enemy is. He comes home and now his family's gone. Come on, for. Stay with me for a minute. His family's gone and and his house is burnt to the ground and everything of value that he has has been taken from him because he lost his focus. And the, 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 the real treasure and the real fight that he should have been focused on was not about who he was going out to battle against, but fighting for his family, fighting for his wife and for his children. We can win all of the wars that we're put up against, but if we lose our own, if we lose our own home, If we lose our own children, if we lose our own marriages, what have we gained? Come on. Comes back, it's gone. Amen. We can lose our focus. Come on. We can go through things in our life and we can get focused on things that we should not be focused on. Come on. We can get our minds on our dreams and our jobs and our bank accounts and vacations and cars and what we want and where we want to go. And we can lose focus of those little ones and that wife that's following you every step of the way. David didn't just step out on those other men's families. He stepped out on his own family and because he did it exposed him and made him vulnerable to the attack of the enemy I want to tell you today we need to regain our focus we need to understand that our children are important our marriages are important they hold more value than anything that this world holds amen how many know we need to refocus Amen. We need to not fall asleep on the job we need to understand that it's not a foregone conclusion that my children are going to serve the lord it's not a foregone conclusion that my children are going to go to heaven i got to fight for them come on i got to war for them i got to be there for them i got to keep my focus for their sake and understand that there's an enemy waiting in the wings to take everything that we have he wants to steal our marriage he wants to steal our our children he wants to destroy our lives we got to be on guard all the time I don't have time to be chasing a career that's going to lead me away from my children. I got to be there. Come on, I'm going to be there in prayer meetings. I'm going to be there in worship services. I'm going to be there in the altar with the Lord's touching their lives. And I can crawl into that altar with them and pray for them and help them. They need us more now than they ever have. if I could preach to you for just a moment I know you got aspirations I know you got dreams I know that there's something driving you but you need to keep your focus on what really matters keep your focus on the things that are truly have value in this life he comes up and it's gone wake up one day and it's gone even see it happening, it's gone amen the world's upside down didn't even see it happening weren't even aware of it taking place Come on, I'm in the Holy Ghost right now if I've ever been in the Holy Ghost. Not aware of any of the happenings, anything that's going on. Just because you're focused on the wrong things. You're focused on things that don't matter. And a fight that you're not supposed to be involved in. The fight is at home. Come on, the fight is at home. The fight is at home. The fight is in our houses. The fight is with our wives and with our children. Gone. Burnt to the ground. Amen. Uh, Wrecked. Everything's wrecked. Everything's destroyed. Have you ever been there? Some people have been there. They understand what it means when it's been burned with fire. You know, when things have been burned with fire, they can't be saved. God will help us rebuild, won't he? David stumbles into this city, falls on his knees, weeping. That's what we do when we don't know what else to do. That's when we're overwhelmed in every area of our being. We weep. We don't have the words to say. We don't have the prayers to pray. We're overcome with emotion. We weep. They begin to weep with all their hearts. The Bible says that they wept till they had no more power to weep. They exhausted their strength on grieving. Amen. They exhausted everything that they had on grieving over what had been taken. Amen. What they had lost. You know, too many of us, we've grieved long enough. Amen. I how many has ever lost anything? Hey Amen. I've lost things that I couldn't get back. Hey Amen. Lost things that were really, I, I didn't know how I lost them. I just lost them. Some things we need to lose, some things we need to hold on to. The problem is losing the things we need to hold on to on. He lost, and, and there's no plan to get it back. He's grieving. They're grieving in their spirits. Amen. But you can be so overtaken with grief that it paralyzes you from being able to change anything or do anything about it. Amen. And there's never a situation in our lives we have to realize that God can't do something about it. Amen. There's never a situation that's too far gone or a situation that's too lost or a person that's too lost or a relationship that's too far gone. How many know that God is a miracle-working God? He can do anything. Amen. There's nothing that He can't do. Come on, somebody. David. The Bible says that they, they were grieved and they their grief turned to anger. Now, all of a sudden, they're trying to figure out somebody to blame. And they turned to David because he's their leader. And he heard some, some rumors about the camp. They're fixing to stone you, dude. You better, you better run for your life. They're, they're fixing to turn on you. Amen. they were going to stone on him because of what happened to them. On somebody he's ever been there it's always somebody else's fault amen but david bible says david encouraged himself in the Lord but David encouraged himself in the Lord what does that mean Understand the Bible tells us this is a, a spectacular scripture. I mean, I've turned to this scripture many times in my life to draw from. David encouraged himself in the Lord. But, but he, did, he didn't give us a five-step plan on how to encourage yourself in the Lord. Come on. It just says he encouraged himself in the Lord. Amen. You see, David had deep roots. Amen. David had been through a lot. He, he, he had been through a lot of situations. He had been through things that he thought he'd never recover from, but but recovered. Amen. He, he'd been through fights in his life where he thought he'd never be able to win, but he won. Come on. He had been through things in his life where if it hadn't been for the Lord that, that was with him, he never would have been through it. How many's ever been there? Amen. When you go through things in your life, it deepens your relationship with God. Come on. When you go through things in your life, it gives you something to draw from. Amen. It gives you something more than just surface, but something deep, down on the inside of you gets connected to that which is eternal and you understand that regardless of where you're at right now or what you're going through in this situation I know it looks like it, it can't be won or it looks like it's unrecoverable or unfixable you can't it'll never be restored I want to tell you that there is something down on the inside of me that understands what restoration really means and understands what recovery really means because I've been there in the moments of in those dark places where I had no place to go and nobody to look to but the Lord and he was there and he was faithful and he lifted me up and he established my goings somebody say amen amen David developed deep roots I read an article just recently about trees you know trees are I love trees We'll be traveling somewhere and I'll see this ginormous tree. And I'll tell the kids, Man, look at that tree. I want to take pictures by trees. I want to be close to those big trees. I understand what they've been through. Hey Amen. What they've if if those trees could talk. If they could tell you a little bit about the years that have gone by. You know there are some trees that are over a thousand years. Amen. Do you think they've ever seen any storms? Huh? I remember uh, when I was living up on Stewart Avenue in Cambridge years ago that I, I came up Beatty Avenue right there where it meets Clark. And there was this ginormous tree that I had admired for years. And it was laying on its side. And as i looked at it i noticed that the roots were all the surface there was there was a huge section of dirt probably as big as the, this section of the church over here connected to that tree where all the roots were just on the surface there was no deep roots there was no root that root that went down to anchor the tree well how did it live how did it grow to be so big well maybe it avoided just the right wind for those many years but when the wind came from a certain direction it couldn't stand up to it because it didn't have the root and it it tore up a big piece of ground but it fell amen, what produces roots, if you look up trees and you, you read on trees, you, you'll, you'll begin to understand that, that when when there's a storm that comes through and it begins to blow on that tree and beat on that tree that it begins to when when it shakes the tree what else does it shake the roots it will challenge it's not just challenging the the height of the tree because the strength is in the roots the strength is not in the big trunk. The strength is in what's under the surface. Amen. And so when the when the wind the wind challenges what's above the surface. Come on somebody. When the wind comes, it beats on the flesh. Come on. It beats on the life. It beats on what you can see. It beats on what you can touch with your hands. Come on somebody. But the the strength is in what you can't see. The strength is in what's underneath the surface, amen. And it don't matter what comes against a tree that's got a deep root system; it will not be moved, amen. But but when the when when the wind begins to blow and that 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 tree begins to shift. Back and forth and to and fro. Amen. You can see the effects of the wind on the shifting of what's taking place above the ground, but there's more than that happening, it's challenging the root system man, it's challenging your relationship with God, it's challenging your revelation of who God is, it's challenging how much you love what's above the surface as much as you love what's below the surface, come on, it's challenging where you put your time, it's challenging who you think God is, come on it's challenging everything in your life and what you believe in and in order to go further, you're going to have to dig a little bit deeper in order to withstand those roots as they begin to be challenged. They begin to move a little bit deeper. Because when the roots are challenged, it breaks up the dirt. Come on, only the storm can do that. Only the storm can break up the the dirt around the roots. And as the as the storm hits and begins to shift that tree back and forth, it breaks up the dirt, the hard ground around the roots and it gives that tree an opportunity to go deeper. Man, it gives it an opportunity to reach for a little bit more. Come on. It gives it an opportunity to grab a little bit more ground. Come on, somebody. Who am I preaching to? It, it, it gives them an opportunity to get an even further revelation of who God is in your life because we'll never know Him the way He wants us to know Him if we never trust Him in situations that we can't control. We'll never know those things about God unless we're put in situations that we can't handle. Unless we're put in situations we can't change ourselves. David understood what it was to be faithful. He understood what it was for God to protect him and to keep him. And in the moment of despair, he encouraged himself in the Lord. He began to reach for those times. Come on, somebody. Amen. He began to reach for those times. I believe he opened up his notebook. Amen. And went back and wrote and, and read some things that he wrote down. How many of you of you journal? If you act like you don't want to raise your hand because you're scared. How many journal? Raise your hand if you journal. If you don't, you need to. Your prayer time with the Lord, you need to write down what he tells you. Amen. Because I've always I've learned in my life that in moments he speaks to me, I'm gonna need it. God don't speak for no reason at all. And he's always ahead of the game. Come on, he'll give you a word in due season. Come on. In a moment when you don't when when you don't even feel like you need a word, he'll speak a word. But there's gonna be a moment in your future where you're gonna need what he has spoken. Come on, that's why some of us can't get through because we forget about what God said. But if we write it down and we get it in our hearts and say, this is what God said about me, there's no way I can forget in a moment of despair or in a moment of struggle what he said about me because I've got it in my heart. He spoke it to me. It's part of me now. It's part of my root system. It's not just a word. It's not just a phrase. It is part of who I am. Amen. David began to draw. He began to he began to read Psalms, I believe. I believe he began to read what he wrote. Preserve me, O God. For in thee do I put my trust. O oh, my soul, thou hast said unto the Lord, Thou art my Lord. My goodness extendeth not to thee, but to the saints that are in the earth and to the excellent, in whom is all my delight. Their sorrows shall be multiplied that hasten after another God. Their drink offerings of blood will I not offer, nor take up their names into my lips. The Lord is the portion of mine inheritance and of my cup. Thou maintainest my lot. The lines are fallen to me in pleasant places yea I have a goodly heritage I will bless the Lord who hath given me counsel my reigns also instruct me in the night seasons I have set the Lord always before me because he is at my right hand I shall not be moved amen Psalm 34 I will bless the Lord at all times his praise shall continually be in my mouth, Psalm 46, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore will not we fear, though the earth be removed, and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, though the waters thereof roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with the swelling thereof, there is a river, the streams whereof shall make glad the city of our God, the holy place of the tabernacles of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God shall Help her in that right early. How many know that when David began to encourage himself in the Lord, he began to draw from past revelation. He began to draw from past experience what he'd been through, what he had written down, what he understood and knew about God. You can't forget what God has done for you in the past. You'll never make it through the now. you got to bring to remembrance today those things that he's done for you in your past. Clap your hands to the Lord. He's worthy. He encouraged himself in the Lord. He couldn't draw from the people around him. Come on. He couldn't draw from uh, the people he was fighting with. They were ready to kill him. How many know that, that, that there are times in our lives where we can't get what we need from people? We gotta get alone with God and we gotta do our best to encourage ourselves in the Lord. Come on. How many know that we can't get we can't get by ourselves and moan and groan and have a pity party? Amen. I talked to a guy the other day. I said, How you doing? He said, Can't complain. I was like, Well, it don't do any good anyway, does it? Nobody listens. Amen. How many know that we need to get by ourselves with the Lord and we need to encourage ourselves in God. When you get in the presence of the Lord and you begin to lift up the name of Jesus and praise him for where he's brought you from, all of a sudden your perspective begins to change. Amen. After that, he said, bring me the ephod. Bring bring me the ephod. It's a priestly garment. He he, he went to Abiathar the priest. And he said, bring me the ephod. Bring the ephod. We need the ephod. The ephod was the priestly garment. It was the garment that the priest put on. It was a representation of holiness. It was a representation of purification. Of being in the position of asking of the Lord amen it was a it, it was a it was a it was the representation of pure motives come on it was a representation of purity of heart amen it was a representation that i had a right in order to ask something of the lord they had to be wearing the ephod how many times do we go to god and we want him to fix something not for his benefit or what he wants but for our benefit Man, we want Him to do something for our benefit. Man, we go to Him with our motives, with, with our reasoning, what we want, what we desire, uh, where we want to go. Amen. We already have set in our minds where what we're going to do. Somebody say amen. And we're just waiting for confirmation of what we want to do to go do what we want to do. You know, you, you can get confirmation from a lot of places. Man, you can, uh, if you have it in your heart to, to go against the will of God, there will be somebody to confirm it for you. Amen. Come on. You got to be careful what voices you listen to. Amen. But it's more important, I got to worry about the condition of my heart. Amen. Because if what I'm going through don't drive me to a place where I'm, I'm sincere with God and I truly want what God wants out of this situation, I might as well not even ask. Amen. I got to have a, uh, I got to make sure that I'm putting on the ephod. Come on. A a, a purity of heart, a a purity of motivations and uh, uh, God, there's times where I'm praying and I say, Lord, purify my motives. Come on! If I'm if I'm wrong in this, show me that I'm wrong in it. I want a heart after you. I want to do what you want me to do. I want to handle this the way that you have desired. I want to I want to go after this the way that you have purposed. Because the only way it's going to come out like it needs to come out is if God is in complete control of it. Somebody say, "Amen." He put he brought the ephod. The ephod represents divine holiness, direction of the Lord, the oracle of God. When your motives are right, God will speak. When your heart's pure before him and sincere, sometimes finding sincerity is very hard. Man, sometimes finding true sincerity. He said, they that worship me shall worship me in spirit and in truth. And you look up that word spirit, it means sincerity. Means sincerity and truth. What does it mean to be sincere? Truly sincere. How many have ever went to God and said, God, give me a million dollars? I promise I'll pay my tithes. I'll bless the church in Jesus' name. <laughs> We're sitting there like statues. Come on, my heart's right bless the church, hey, amen, I'll give them their ten hey, amen what is sincerity? sincerity is transparency okay, what, what what's it mean for something to be transparent? See through it. That window back there is transparent. I can see through it to what's on the other side of it. That one there is not. Well, what would be the definition of this one? It's shadowed, right? Hey Amen. It's 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 covered, it's it's obscure. It's questioned. Amen. It's not it's not completely open. Come on. A little bit of light can get through. But just a little bit of light. Amen. In order to truly reflect the light, it has to be transparent. Come on. Something that's transparent you can see through. Have you ever met anybody you could see through? That that that, that they're they're honest? They're sincere. There's there's no ulterior motive when you when you talk to them. There, there's no reservation, or, or no, you, you don't have to hold anything back. You just feel like you can trust them because they're transparent. Amen. They're they're sincere. Their hearts are sincere. Amen. There there's a there's a reflection when you're when you're transparent. You have the ability to reflect light. Okay. When you're not transparent, you receive the light, but it doesn't reflect. On. You can receive light, but you just can't reflect it. Amen. We, in order to 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 to, to truly walk in the will of God, you got to be sincere. Amen. When you come before the Lord, you got to be a hundred percent sincere in what you want and what you desire. Amen. With all of your heart, God, God will speak to you. God will show you the way. God will help you. Amen. In every situation, if you come to Him sincere and broken before Him, He will not turn you away. It's in the those moments that we come to him, we already have it in mind of what we want, where we want to go, and we got to go through a little bit more trouble before we're ready to break down and really do it God's way. I believe that David was prepared to do the will and the purpose of God with his life. And when he brought when the when the ephod came, he inquired at the Lord. Come on, what do you want me to do? What do you want? Do you want me to go after him or do you want me not to go after him? Say, man. We know what David wanted to do, don't we, Mike? He wanted to put on the armor. He wanted to get his forty-five out of the drawer. I'm gonna go have a talk with this guy, right? Uh, he wanted to. He 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 wanted to do it his own way. You know he wanted to go take care of business. Hey, Amen. You know he wanted to to. to, to to get back what was taken from him. Amen. But the, the heart of David astounds me. Because he said, what do you want me to do? Do you want me to pursue after this troop? Amen. Uh, will we be able to overtake them? Do we have the strength to win this battle? Do we have the strength to do this? I know what I want to do, but can we do it? Is it in your will to do it? Amen. The desire of David to know the will of God, even in a situation where he knew what he wanted to do, but he asked for the blessing of the Lord anyways. Amen. Shows the heart of David, because if God would have said no, he would have not win. So we need to ask ourselves the question, what if God tells me no? How do I respond to God when he says no? Am I ready to receive no? Am I ready to instru- receive instruction from the Lord? Amen. We have to understand when we come to God, we got to come with a pure heart, sincere before him. He didn't. I can I can feel the heart of David in this being a father, knowing that if anything ever happened to my wife or my children, there's there's something in me that would say, you know, somebody you know what I'm talking about. It would really take the hand of God to hold me back. Hey Amen. I can feel the heart of David and wanting to recompense and wanting to restore and wanting to get back. But waiting for the word of God over this situation. Having a heart after God in such a way Hold on a minute. Let me ask the Lord. Let me ask the Lord and see what he has to say. You know, I've learned something over the years. If I don't ask him, he won't tell me. But it's in those moments that I ask, when I receive from the Lord, and I'm like, wow, I wish I wouldn't have asked. Let me know what I'm talking about. Kind of wish that. That's not what I wanted to hear. But it's in those moments where He tells you what you don't want to hear, where you have, to, where you're challenged to see whether or not you trust the voice of God. Saul lost his kingship. Not because he wasn't a good king. Not because he wasn't an anointed king. But because in every situation that he faced, I want you to hear me. The Bible states specifically that he inquired not of the Lord. He was faced with this situation, but it says, but Saul inquired not of the Lord. Go go to 1 Samuel. He inquired not of the Lord. That means he didn't ask God. He didn't see what the will of God was. He just had it in his mind that he he was smart enough to make his own decisions. And do what he wanted to do. And and he he was smart enough to make it work. But in every situation that David faced, read it. Read the book of 1 Samuel. I, I challenge you this week. Read it. It says, David inquired at the Lord. Every situ- Not just this situation, many situations throughout 1 Samuel. David inquired at the Lord. David asked the Lord. David involved God. David put him at the center and before he even made a decision or set his heart on what he wanted to do, He asked the Lord first. You know, I've made it. This didn't go the way I thought it was going to go this morning. I've tried to teach my children not to fall in love with things that are not the will of God. Easier said than done. We fall in love with a lot of things in this world. We connect ourselves to a lot of different things. The only way to keep yourself from falling in love with something that is not the will of God is to put God at the center. And before that you even step out into that thing, you ask the Lord, God, is this your will? Is this what you want? Is this what you want for my family? Is this what you want for my life? Is this what you want? Is this the path that you're wanting me to go down? Is this the relationship that you want me in? You know, it's a a strange, it's a strange dynamic raising children my children are now getting to the age where they're almost almost marrying age somebody said Kayla's 21 she can get married if she wants I said no she can't whatever gave you that idea We were at, uh, I'm just going to tell you this story, and then we're going to pray. We were at Bridge Day in West Virginia, the new River Gorge Bridge a couple years ago. And these crazy people were jumping off the bridge. And they're packing their own parachutes. And some of them were jumping off. And the guy in the front would pull his cord, but the or the guy in the back would pull his cord. The guy in the front, the guy, the guy in the back would hold his parachute for him. Don't ask me why. There ain't nobody else holding my parachute. And the guy in the front would jump off and the guy would let go of his parachute, and then he would yes, I don't know why. Yeah. But we're standing there watching and Hannah was standing next to me and she turned around and looked at me. She said, Dad, I want to do that. Can I do that today? And I said, absolutely not. Are you crazy? She's like, man, that looks so fun. I did what a dad does I tried to reason with her I said okay so what would you do if you jumped off that bridge and your parachute did not she said well I'd pray and I said no 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 hold on a minute you got that out of order you should have prayed first Because if you prayed first, God would have told you not to jump off the bridge. And saved you a whole lot of trouble. Come on, who am I preaching to? We get in relationships, we fall in love with people, and now all of a sudden you find out it's not the will of God, but now you're struggling to to get over your emotion and your love for that person without knowing that it's the will of God first? Come on, this is important man you gotta know it's the will of God before you jump come on I gotta know that parachute's gonna open and I'm gonna be okay God's never gonna give you the okay to jump out of an airplane I don't care who you are I know there's some of you out there that's contemplating skydiving it's not the will of God we don't want to have to take care of your children, even though we love them. Amen. Don't jump. Don't do it, please. Amen. It's of the devil. <laughs> he told Jesus, Cast yourself off the pinnacle. Come on. He said, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. You'll never see me in an airplane jumping out unless. On the battle or war or something, which I'm 47, got a busted leg. They're not going to ask me. <laughs> Never. They're not, I'm too weak and frail. They'd say, no, we'd lose for sure if you went. And what am I? Amen. <laughs> hey we need to ask the Lord. Somebody say, ask the Lord. Now, now we can sit here this morning and we can act like that. This don't apply to us. Because I'm David, I always ask the Lord. And see, even the little things, even things that that you think don't really hold any value or don't don't really have any substance to it. Come on, we need to ask the Lord. Is this really the path that you want me to go down? Is this really the conversation that you want me to have? Is this really the job that you want me to take? Is this is this really where you want me to go with? My And if you set your heart to know the will of God, he'll make perfect. He'll make it perfectly clear to you. He'll let you know for sure. Somebody say amen. Why don't we lift our hands to the Lord this morning. God, we're thankful, Lord, for your presence. Thankful for your word, God. Lord, I pray that you would move even right now, God. Lord, in this service, God, touch somebody's heart. God, get us back on the right path, Lord. God, we may have lost our focus even for a few moments, Lord, but God, the things that have happened in our life, they are recoverable. God, I pray, Lord Jesus, that you would touch, that you would move, that you would change. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Every one of us have decisions to make, things that we're going through, things that we're facing. Why don't we come? Why don't we spend a little bit of time with the Lord today and say, God, I want to do it your way, God. I want to walk the path that you have prepared for me, Lord. I want you to say what needs to be said, even if I want to jump, Lord, and you don't want me to. I pray that you would stop me, God. Lord, I pray that you would speak to me in this moment. Help me, God, to make the decisions. Lord, that I'm about to make, the things that I'm facing, Lord. Help me to see through your eyes. Help me to see through the call of God that's on my life. Help me to see through your perspective where you want me to go, what you have planned, what you have purposed. Go ahead and sing.
1: Come on, lift your hands to the Lord.
0: Come on, saints, why don't we gather around the front, just reach for the Lord, just for a few moments